Comics in the combat zone. Comics in the combat zone. Usually we make you laugh, but now we're watching guys get stabbed with light tubes. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to episode two of Comics in the Combat Zone. This week, covering CZW, the staple gun. I'm Jordan Ducharme. And I'm Ben Stead. Uh, welcome, Ben. Uh, are you excited for week two of the CZW? Were you enjoy your watch this week? Yeah, I, d- I surprisingly did. Yeah, yeah. More, <laughs> more, more so than last week, that's for sure. But, I, yeah. will s- I will say, now that we're officially working with Wrestling Brain, thank you for uh, bringing us on the team. Josh Custodio, Zoobs, and the rest of the gang. Uh, if you are listening to this, if you enjoy it, please try watch one of these CZW episodes, because they're... It's great how much natural content they're giving us in these shows. Uh, I was worried what these shows would sound like, and now I'm, I'm never worried about half hour into these shows. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great stuff. Yeah, like, thanks for having us on and giving me a purpose in life. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, we won't, no, no banter. We're still a no banter show off the top here. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's just get right into it. CZW, The Staple Gun, March 27th, 1999. And I like, I like all the shows that are happening, at least for the foreseeable future, just one month apart. So I think they only did like 12 shows in their first year, but really, okay, that's fine by me. Honestly, these are these are tough to go through. Um, yeah, definitely. I think wrestling, I, I like it in smaller doses. I don't need like 15 hour shows every week. Absolutely. Like Luckily, no one is paying CZW millions of dollars in <laughs> TV rights for three hour programs every no. week. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, right off the bat, just from the presentation here, were there any big differences to you that you noticed from the first week? I mean, I thought there was a bit of a higher production value, like the opening shot was on the sort of ring announcer, and I thought, I was like, fair play, lads, like, you've stepped it up a notch, using like a, a nice purple suit, the cameraman had like a, I think he had like a Dutch angle on the camera, I was like... Okay, this is, you know, they've watched it, they know where they went wrong. You can tell, yeah, you can tell someone watched the last month and was like, oh, we didn't even really introduce anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this week, yeah, they open with the ring announcer. And, but again, they're doing that thing where the lights are flashing on and off while he's out there for whatever reason, as if someone's about to enter. Yeah. And then they actually, because we didn't really talk about the referees last week, of which I believe there are only two. That makes sense. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and he he introduces senior referee Ron Hartog. Uh, I think we, that's referring to age. I don't <laughs> think that, I think that that guy's had a, as much experience as this, like this the referee would get ref. his moments in on this show too. A bit, a bit ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was a couple of nice moments for the ref, uh, and it was tough to find him too. Uh, apparently, CageMatch.net is going to be the hero of this podcast because they found Ron Hartog for me. Apparently, yeah, he'd been a referee a couple of years up to this point. Okay, uh, and then the other referee, I couldn't really make out the name, but I think Dangerous Danny Reeves, but I have a question mark next to it. Um, he's no. Ron Hartog. Ron Hartog looks like your dad does. He looks like (laughs) (laughs) he's a big fat guy from New Jersey with a mustache and he's got a bit of an attitude. I like this Ron Hartog. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't want my refs having the name, like, dangerous at the start of the name. That's like the (laughs) one thing I don't want my, I want my refs to be safe. There's nothing worse than a referee with a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, trying to take all the attention. Even there was one in TNA for years and his whole thing was he had shorts and all the other wrestlers had pants and I just fucking, I hated it. Couldn't stand (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping this dangerous Danny Reeves isn't like a wrestler in disguise because I'm right with you on that. Uh, And then the ring announcer kicks us off, and this is when I knew this was going to be a great show because the first sentence he says, 
for to crown the first ever CZW World Championship, we're gonna have a Royal Rumble match. <laughs> not Battle Royal, not some other word for it. Specifically, just, a Royal Rumble. They don't give a shit. They're just like, what is Vince gonna do? We've got nothing. What's he gonna take? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, ECW. We talked about how they would take copyright songs all the time and shit. This is really a step further. Yeah. This would be like if they didn't change someone's name when they signed them or something. <laughs> yeah. Like a blatant fuck you to laws. <laughs> yeah. Introducing Triple H. <laughs> And it's funny because it does show, like, it really does show the minute size. Because if ECW decided we're going to call our show SummerSlam or whatever, like, WWF would sue them. Yeah. And if WCW, did, I mean, they sued WCW for far less than this, you know. But CCW is so just not a blip on the radar at all. It's well, like, yeah. you can do whatever you want, man. Because name, like, naming is obviously, naming conventions with wrestlers is obviously super important. But, like, matches as well and, like, who invented this match and just <laughs> absurd, like, sort of stuff. And these guys are just, like... How are we going to do this where loads of wrestlers come in and it, just call it a Royal Rumble? <laughs> just, just like, we're not Royal even going to bother trying to, to <laughs> trying to come up with a name. Yeah, no, no new concept, no weapons, no, no anything. They should really have just made Quicksilver like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Maybe look, make the guys just, you could just be The Rock. Like, if, if, <laughs> yeah. if that's what you're going to do, you could just take the, the popular names if you want. Yeah, just like palette swaps in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, just change how they look. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, uh, again, another full audience, I'd say. Once again, just packed with kids. Uh, I did I did notice they got a spotlight this time around. So oh, when, yeah, 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 yeah. When wrestlers were, like, going into the crowd and shit, you could actually see what they were doing. They tried to, yeah. They, yeah. they tried to keep up. <laughs> the spotlight guy was always a bit behind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you would expect. Um, and then, yeah, but, t- again, tons of children. This is such a kid-heavy crowd. You can just hear it when the crowd's cheering full, yeah. full volume. It's really weird um, and will continue to be probably for a lot of early CZW. But that brings us to our first match of the night, the CZW Royal Rumble for the vacant CZW World Heavyweight title. I do love that we're at least getting a first champion crowned, like, because uh, as you remember last week, guys would just come out with belts. Yeah. No rhyme or reason how they got them, why they have them, what what the belt even means in the case of the Iron Man championship. Yeah, because there's no, like, cagematch.com back then. Like, you had to, you'd be like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> no clue. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one, I mean, this is clearly a big match that they're sort of setting up. And... I, I don't know, do you like this at the start of the show? Because a, a lot of my problem was the ring announcers saying their names as they come out. But if you don't hear it, you don't really hear it. And then you're just left with a ring full of guys whose names you don't know. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't hear a lot of what they were saying. And also, like you said, like same as last time, there didn't appear to be any rules. So during this Royal Rumble, people <laughs> yeah. were just like disappearing and then coming back in. And they weren't announcing who was eliminated at any point. So people were just... <laughs> People were just disappearing and then being like, no, I'm actually, I'm still in it, mate. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay. The only real hard and fast rule is you have to go over the top rope to get eliminated. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's about it. But I'm sure a lot of guys were eliminated just in other ways. Um, but the first out, we get Rick Blade with Lady Blaze wearing the exact same gi as he was the month ago. So if you're wondering if there's like Ric Flair with a closet full of robes. No, Rick Blade has one gi. <laughs> I think Led Zeppelin were playing as well, which is exciting. Because yeah. they are like the most... And at that time as well, they were super like, we don't want to devalue our music by putting it in things. <laughs> and CZW were just like, we will devalue your music for you, Robert Plant. <laughs> that is happening. Yeah. Uh, and then second in the ring, I got this guy's name, the Puerto Rico Express. <laughs> Usually a name for like a tag team. Yeah. No, this was one man. He was the Puerto Rico Express. He's two men in one. Yeah, he doesn't. He's the he's the Puerto Rico and the Express. The, he had the Puerto Rico flag pants. 
he, <laughs> he was like fully just flying the flag of Puerto Rico. I'm sure this crowd didn't even know who Puerto Rico was, so they couldn't come up with a racist like chant in time. They yeah, just... they they absolutely do not know that it is a state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and so I noticed the same thing as last week. Blade is going for the most complicated moves, and he pulls them off so unsmoothly. Like he'll do the moons, like he does this moon, the guy's sitting in the corner and he does the moonsault off the top rope just to drop kick them. But he almost always stumbles on the moonsault, like it's just clumsy. Yeah, there's a lot of that, especially in the, like, it kind of shows you how much choreography and, and things are in prof- like professional wrestling, I guess. Because, yeah, there's just like a lot of stopping, like two guys will be fighting in the corner and stop because they know someone's going to have to run and attack them from behind. So they're just like, oh, let's <laughs> yeah. get in place. Well, and it's funny because I watched this right before Dynamite this week, and Dynamite just seemed like the best wrestling show in the world. <laughs> it is? Like, oh my God. Yeah, not only is it great. <laughs> But I mean, after this, as a palate cleanser, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. Simple arm drags. I'm like, this is high-end wrestling. Um, so yeah, a lot like last week, the Puerto Rican Express starts jawing with Blaze on the outside and catches a slap for it. Which again, there's like, there's no heel or face dynamics in the matches once they begin. Like you would think Puerto Rican Express is a baby face. And I think Rick Blade is a baby face. But he's yeah. going to yell at a woman and then catch a slap. It just doesn't really make sense. Uh, and then the third guy I, I know was a babyface, having never seen him before, Billy Baja. Uh, he's like a sort of hippie surfer guy, I guess you'd describe him as. Yeah, yeah, he, he looks fun. I like, I like, I like the look of him. Yeah, he he had a great attitude. He sort of seems like a, almost like a, like a what you know those music channels like the VJs. I don't know if you had much music. It was a Canadian thing, but. He's got the same energy as like a VJ. Oh, like a VH, like VH1 or MTV. Yeah, 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 like a radio presenter or something. Okay, like yeah, yeah 20s, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. But he's fif- like he dresses and looks like he's in his. But he's fifty-five years old. <laughs> yeah. No, this is like a midlife crisis happening in <laughs> yeah. front of us. I'm gonna dye my hair blonde. Um, and so right away, I've noticed by the fourth entrance, by the way, uh, they, they say at the beginning these are gonna be ninety-second intervals in between guys. They were cutting down to like sometimes thirty seconds. Oh sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fifteen seconds. They would just send a guy out there. Yeah. Uh, if I did the math at the end that during this match time, they, no, no way everyone got a minute interval, <laughs> like minimum. Uh, but then number four, cue the Beastie Boys. I got excited at this point, given like how much we loved the Kingpins last last week. As Price of the Kingpins enters, he's the big bald one. That's really the only differentiator I have between yes. him and Schaefer. Yeah, the other one looks like Thingy from Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, like really. <laughs> yeah, his, yeah. his price just looks like <laughs> your average bouncer. Yeah, he looks like he bowls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he starts all right, but Rick Blade takes him out. I love, they also, it's much like how they fucked up the hot tag last week. Like, guys will come in, and you know they're meant to be like the house of fire because they're the fresh guy. And sometimes they'll just get drop kicked in the knee immediately, or they won't even get like one move out before a guy just starts beating them down. They are the kingpins. Obviously, this show big kingpin stands, but they are really bad wrestlers. <laughs> like they are awful. And like really quite bad. Yeah, like the guy, the ball guy as well. He's like gassed immediately. <laughs> like he, like, he needed ninety seconds just to get to the thing because he's just like he's gone as mm. soon as he gets in. His moves are so slow and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean. All loved kingpins, but yeah, they are bad wrestlers. Very bad, and this would not be their first outing for tonight. Uh, so number five, the only guy whose name I didn't get, uh, he just enters, uh, just a black guy. I don't know anything about him, or like, I didn't really, he was just wearing black. He just, yeah, nothing really uh, special about him, and he was out really quick. So I, I didn't, I couldn't catch his name, and cage match didn't make it that clear either. Yeah, I think, uh, and uh, 
I mean, they were chanting Urkel, but I think that was it. The, it was at the wrong guy. Yeah, though, yeah, Because yeah. that, again, shows how the level of intelligence this crowd has. Yeah. Is any any African-American guy will catch <laughs> an Urkel chant. He was very thin. Like, like <laughs> and I know wrestlers can be thin and like you get away with it, but this guy was like, like just too, unconvincing. Yeah, he was too, too thin. thin. <laughs> too thin. Because he was like hitting these big guys, like these units, and you're just like, that wouldn't, or like go, to going after Gage, who's in as well at this point, like mm. going after them, and you're just like, this isn't like there's no way this would hurt and like trying to pick them up and so you're like that, that he's too thin yeah and it, it is one of those where like i'm sure zandig ran the type of wrestling school where just showing up and he'd be like hey you look great get in the ring now. yeah and then by week two it's like you want to be in the royal rumble match? <laughs> yeah. so, like who knows if this guy's ever had a match before um and yeah i've just noticed a few things 30 seconds later random music hits but then no one enters so i don't know <laughs> don't know if that was an entrance or a mistake from the soundboard uh, at one point, someone tries to throw a Rick Blade over, and he hits, like, the world's skinny, shittiest skinning the cat you've ever seen. He's, like, resting on the bottom yeah. rope. It's just, like, this guy loves Shawn Michaels and has none of the athletic <laughs> acumen that Shawn Michaels has. Uh, I didn't have uh, Gage entering here. It might have came a bit later. Oh, yeah, he comes a bit later. Oh, does it? Yeah, mm. my notes aren't as structured as yours. So I'm... <laughs> yeah. I tried to catch all the eliminations as they happen, and I tried to catch all the entrances, but sometimes they would just forget to announce guys and there'd be a guy in the ring that, that you Im- forgot yeah that's an impossible task my friend <laughs> trying, to, trying to do that uh billy baja eliminates price out of nowhere probably because price got tired and just needed, <laughs> yeah. needed a and they were like we need you for like two more matches dude like. <laughs> and then immediately after he throws out uh, puerto rico express letting down the whole country unfortunately uh then we get one half of extreme fahrenheit enters uh, to ozzy osbourne and again cut off immediately i think it was bobby beautiful or something like that uh quicksilver is number seven as the time in between these guys gets shorter and shorter <laughs> then another guy enters mr obnoxious is his name <laughs> yeah and the guy's like you, you remember those little storybooks like mr happy mr sad it sounds like that like yeah. mr obnoxious and there's nothing really obnoxious about him yeah he's just a dude i don't I, I i guess they just pick these names and they're just like do i need to commit and they're like no no, no don't worry about it <laughs> yeah well to be fair we're not even paying you so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll just come up with whatever uh, and then in, a, in one of the moments it'll happen over and over, the camera just completely misses Quicksilver's elimination. Like, they're zoomed in on some guy behind him, I think Mr. Obnoxious. Uh, and he's arguing with Blaze, and then Rick comes to intervene and, like, pull him apart, and Quicksilver pulls Rick Blade over the top. Very uh, Psycho Sid Hulk Hogan, Royal Rumble 92, I believe. Uh, no, it wasn't that at all. This was like, <laughs> this was like for one, now Quicksilver's a heel, I guess. They just wanted him feuding with Rick Blade. Who knows? So, yeah, now he's just an asshole, even though he was sort of the baby face last week. Again, who really knows? Then we get number nine, Hardcore Nick, which is how they were branding Nick Gage. He was introduced yes. as Hardcore Nick. He was referred to as Hardcore Nick a few times. I don't think he... And then eventually HC. someone would call him Hardcore Nick Gage. Yeah. But it was just strange. I guess a trivia note, his original name, Hardcore Nick. Yeah, who uh, Hardcore Nick who wears knee pads, which mm. I think is very funny. Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just he looks like a 12-year-old who's like skating. I think Nick Gage, like knowing that he would become this deathmatch insane dude who would like be addicted to pills and shit, I think early in his career he really was just uh, fascinated with wrestling and he really just wanted to be a great professional wrestler yeah because he's it, to be fair like when he comes in and and like he's an, he actually has it you know as we said last week where like he is a, a cut above a lot of the others and definitely a lot more charisma in the ring but yeah it is he is definitely i think before 
I think stuff got derailed and, and maybe he made a choice to move into that. Like, yeah, he's wearing knee pads and he's like, I guess trying to be a professional proper wrestler and like mm-hmm. I guess angling. He's like, Oh, I'm going in the Royal Rumble and he's like Asterix, CZW <laughs> Royal Rumble. One of the rare guys who looks way better bald. I don't know if that's rare actually, but just his hairline's already going, but he hasn't chosen to shave yet, so he just looks weird. Coming out as hardcore Nick, I was like, is that Nick Gage? He looks off. It was very strange. Uh, you get a lot of dead air in between guys here because it's at the point where the ring's so full, the guys don't really know how they're supposed to act. Uh-oh. And a lot of them are knackered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're really tired <laughs> yeah. as well. Uh, so number 10, we get the sensational one. I believe he's the one who enters the Zeppelin, but it might have been both of them, actually. Uh, he gets crowd going with these huge corner splashes, but then quickly gets gorilla pressed by Gage. That's a, uh, a recurring spot of Gage to do the gorilla press. But I thought he was just going to chuck him right over the top because yeah. it's a Royal Rumble match. It didn't really make sense that he didn't. <laughs> and then once again, you hear only children chanting Urkel for the rightful Urkel in this case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they brought it back. They knew. I mean, if you chant Urkel enough times, eventually you're going to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you could tell, like, there were some kids who were, like, just, just here to chant, just here to make noise. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like, probably not invested in the complicated storylines here. Um, so all the guys collectively eliminate Mr. Obnoxious. Uh, so if you had him in the pool, I'm sorry. Then next out, you get Mr. Motion, another Mr. <laughs> here. Uh, he sort of looks like a real wrestler. If you remember, he's the other half of Extreme Fahrenheit, who was uh, eliminated at this point already. Uh, then we get a guy named The Lizard. Uh, well, this is, he was called L. I thought it was The Lizard, but then I looked on the thing, and he's L Lizard. L and Lizard. He's, he's the most un-Latino-looking person you will <laughs> ever see. Like, he looks like a cop. He has, like, a cop build. <laughs> he's, like, super white, and it's just... He's not, yeah, I don't know why he's decided to go with El Lizard, but that's yeah. what he's stuck with. That, that's what he's gone with. He probably just loves luchadors, but he's got nothing in common with any of them. No, because he just seems to get in the ring and then just stand there and just, like, like look around a bit and then just not even do any lizard moves or anything <laughs> like that. He's like uh, Mallow from Mario RPG. He thinks he's a tadpole, but he's, yeah. like, he's not <laughs> yeah. a lizard, unfortunately. Uh, but he eliminates Heartbreaker. Oh, Heartbreaker is the other uh, extreme Fahrenheit guy. So Heartbreaker and Mr. Motion, for those of you keeping track of this tag team that probably won't be around next week. <laughs> um, yeah, he eliminates Heartbreaker with this huge back body drop. And I'm like, maybe the lizard does rule. Uh, <laughs> and then 13, the man himself, Zandig, enters. Uh, so Zandig, the founder of this promotion, the, oh, the guy who opened the CZW school, uh, the guy who's just claimed one day he is a professional wrestler uh giant looking dude yeah he looks like he looks like he would be like vince would love him like Mm. because yeah he's massive i really like his look to be fair like he's got like he's got that charisma that comes with just being a unit like he is just massive but he's jacked like yeah i'm used to seeing zandig with this giant pot belly and granted the shirt never came off so you can't really tell but he's got a long head of hair. He's yeah. jacked. He's bigger than everyone else. And you you're know, right. Vince would be like, well, "This is the guy." Yeah, this is. Uh, and you know, you know, my rule, Ben said's personal rule: wrestlers always respect a man who wrestles in jeans. <laughs> and he is wearing the most workman jeans. Going like they have seen, they've been painting and decorating with Zandy. Yeah, they are. They are like painting splashes <laughs> yeah, on yeah. his jeans and shit. Uh, he's hilarious though, and he does have great energy. He gets the crowd into it. Uh, he effort. He walks in and just effortlessly lifts up and tosses sensational one over, which looks really cool. Uh, Zandig's taunting, and Gage just sneaks in and hits him with a chair shot to the head. And it like Zandig's one of these guys where he'll put his head forward, like he wants to take the brain damage to show how tough he <laughs> yeah. is. 
uh, which, I mean, you got to love it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that leads to number 14, Reverend John Dahmer comes out, uh, and him and Gage act friendly before they double close on one another. Classic. Uh, this is the shortest interval yet. Is number 15. Once again, the Beastie Boys hits Schaefer of the Kingpins down. <laughs> uh, and he tries to, he sees someone laid down and goes for a Vader bomb for his thing, and the guy just rolls out of the way, so he Vader bombs nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can tell, you know when amateur wrestlers, like, they know they're supposed to miss the move, so they can't help but brace themselves. Yeah, and yeah. And so you know they're going to miss it based on how they're doing it. It was one of those. Uh, very funny. Next, we get an East L.A. bro out, uh, Angel. Uh, Zandig takes him down immediately, and as he's down, the Taco Bell chants start as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, classic. Between Urkel and Taco Bell, I, I imagine we're going to get these chants for many shows to come. I mean, there's a lot. There is one thing I did notice for the show and probably get into like there's a lot more un- unacceptable language maybe said oh absolutely yeah yeah later on yeah i mean there's a woman on this show so that alone <laughs> yeah. should let you know where this is going um that leads to 17 out which i love this mr meaner who you might remember from the last show uh he's just a bald dude looks just like uh, quicksilver where is it wearing a dmx shirt yeah, that's, <laughs> it's so good. He comes out. He's just wet. Yeah, he's just wearing a DMX shirt. Comes out to DMX. Doesn't have any sort of like, like anything tied to being DMX or whatever. He's just like, I just love DMX. It like, literally is. If you've ever backyard wrestled with your friends on a trampoline, like this is the attire. This yeah. is what the wrestlers look like. Except he's like thirty-five. He probably has like a day job, like <laughs> yeah. delivering stuff. And he can't wear his DMX shirt at work. This is the only chance he gets. <laughs> yeah. Who needs a character when you're a big DMX fan? <laughs> yeah. um, so then everyone is just aimlessly brawling as the intervals get shorter. It almost feels like the guys in the back are getting bored of the match. So they're just sort of sending them out like yeah. every 15, 20 seconds. Uh, we see Jose Rivera Jr., uh, who was uh, sort of a, an impressive looking guy last week. Uh, but Zandig casually lifts and gently places Dahmer out of the ring. It was almost weird, like he didn't want to hurt him. Uh, and then right outside, this is something weird. I actually rewinded this a few times to watch it. So Dahmer, like some either fan, gets in his face, and then Dahmer's like yelling at the guy. Oh, he's not. And the guy pie faces him, like puts his hand on his face and shoves Dahmer out of the way. Just like an audience member. Yeah, I mean, because the audience is so close and there's no sort of like barriers it's the same as like last week yeah there's just potential for so much stuff like that to happen or to go wrong or whatever but yeah it, it was mad it felt like Dahmer's like drunk uncle was in the crowd just like abusing him in front probably of probably was and then Dahmer just like he, he swallowed it and I think he was smart to swallow it instead of getting in like a fist fight because there are all these guys around the ring wearing shirts that say crowd control and they are <laughs> never anywhere to be seen. Yeah. There's always like you can just tell they're at the bar or whatever, like out smoking whenever anything happens. It's like a stick. It's like the stickers of security guards that they put in shops instead of actually <laughs> hiring security. Yeah, insane, man. So this is just crazy. And then as this is happening, I think Zandig was getting distracted, and he just dangerously like dumps Mr. Meaner onto a pile of chairs like next to the next to the ring. And, of course, the camera misses it, so you just hear a brutal crash noise as Mr. Meaner gets eliminated. Uh, after that, the group collectively eliminates Jose Rivera Jr. They would do this spot a lot, you know, where the whole all oh, the whole ring gangs up. Yeah, on one yeah. Guy. yeah. Uh, you can tell these guys have watched a Royal Rumble, Rumble or two. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then 19, the other East LA bro comes out. So now, <laughs> now both of them are in the ring, uh, and they fuck up the pin pal uh, as Dahmer's sort of cheering, and they get out uh, Schaefer there. Uh, and then finally, number 20, Atticus rains out. Uh, it comes out to the song Iron Man. 
Yes. Uh, you might remember Atticus Rain was meant to be in the main event last week, and then Derek Domino beat him down backstage and took his spot. Derek Domino, nowhere to be found on this show. <laughs> He's like a central figure of the he show got, last week. Well, he couldn't. He shouldn't be doing that. So by the rules, you know, he gets banned for a couple of weeks. You know, CZW <laughs> cares about rules. Uh, clearly, yeah. And this Atticus Reigns guy, I can't even remember anything about him. He was so, uh, like, nothing. Yeah. Just a nothing guy who just picked sort of a cool name, I guess. Um, so, yeah, then all three team up and eliminate Atticus. He didn't literally didn't get a move in this whole match. And then it's sort of the bros versus Zandig, like two-on-one. Uh, and it's almost weird at one point. Like, it's almost like Zandig missed a cue or something, or he was expecting Gage in to come in earlier. Because at one point he just yells out, I could use a hand in here. Yeah, I mean, the, once it's, you know, those guys left, mm-hmm. it just seems to break down. Like, I didn't, like, Gage... I didn't. He just like disappears and then like comes back and then didn't know who's eliminated because I thought he was eliminated because I hadn't seen him for ages. Like <laughs> yeah. I thought he'd gone. Yeah, like literally halfway through the match, he's just disappeared. He just disappears. He's like playing the road dog underneath the ring, sort of. <laughs> yeah, and then comes back um, and yeah, then it's just I just didn't know what was going on because <laughs> they didn't like, do a good job. Yeah, so at one point Zandig like calmly walks up to the LA bro and then he like talks to him. But, like, it's like he, he's trying to communicate in wrestler, but he forgets to, like, do the tie-up or anything like a wrestler. So it's like if I were to walk over to you and ask you a question. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And then they start fake wrestling again. And then they do this thing where both LA bros run at Zandig in the corner. And he powers up and eliminates both of them over yeah. the top. So, honestly, if this was Zandig winning the first title, I mean, it is hacky to give yourself your title in the debut. But he seemed like the biggest star here, and he seemed like the most impressive-looking guy. Like, I wouldn't have minded a fucking Zandig title win here. No, because, like, yeah, obviously, you know, a bit hacky maybe to give it to yourself. But also, you know, he is the biggest. You know, it was like when Jericho won the first world title at AEW. Like, you put it on your big star. Exactly. And obviously, I'm not comparing Zandig (laughs) to Chris Jericho level, but relative. No, if you don't have a big star, you go with literally the biggest person. The biggest, yeah, by by size, yeah. (laughs) So... Yeah, no, it w- I think it would have made sense. And yeah, he's definitely one of the more charismatic wrestlers and could carry it better, I think, than others. But that's not, you know. Yeah, let's not reminisce. I mean, so you know where this is going at this point. They actually declare Zandig the winner. Uh, and then a referee comes in informing them that Gage is still technically in the match. Then this random woman gets a microphone and gets on the apron and starts, like, dressing down Zandig. And yeah, this is when it got really even weirder for me because I didn't know what was going on. Well, you would come to find that this woman's apparently like Gage's manager. Uh, like she's never mentioned by name. They never mentioned the relationship, but she is attached to Gage after this. So right. you're just meant to assume that. And so she's distracting him. And then Zandig tries to hit a move on her. It's the most awkward. Like he does the clothesline thing where he pulls her head on the rope. But it's like she could, you could tell she wasn't expecting it, so she fully doesn't sell it because you yeah. don't know what he's doing. It's just so awkward. Uh, and then he turns around and just gets hit in the head with a chair by Gage and eliminated. He does that thing where he jumps over the top <laughs> because yeah. he's being hit by a chair. So winner and first ever CZW World Champion at 29 minutes, 7 seconds, Hardcore Nick. Gage. Yeah, I mean, obviously with what's to come, I get you know, but at the time it makes sense. I guess they knew they had a bit of a star engage, mm-hmm. and it had to be one of the three or four that they were going to start it with. You know, it clearly, yeah, Justice Pain clearly couldn't be Rick Blade. It's too new. It yeah. had to be either Zandig, Gage, or Justice Pain. Yeah, 
And so I guess they went with Gage because they wanted a heel champ would be my guess. But it's interesting. Um, so, yeah, that's the first match. What I will say, really bad wrestling match gimmick matches are more fun to watch than just a bad one-versus-one match. Yeah. We will see a fair share of it. <laughs> yeah. So to start the show in this sort of exciting way with, like, you got to see new faces, you did see some big spots. I didn't hate this. No, I thought, like I said, I, I was like, I, I watched it and I was like, cool. Like, this is this is a bit of a step up. I, I had fun. Like, I was actually more engaged with it than probably any of the other rest any of the wrestling matches from last <laughs> last week so yeah i was like this is cool you yeah know? a good way to start a bit more context would be helpful but whatever uh then gage of course gets a microphone because I'm, I'm realizing i don't think gage is just an end of show guy anytime he feels he needs to speak he will get a microphone and speak i'm sure this isn't like time put aside for him i'm sure it's a decision he's yeah. making in the moment um, so he just starts going after the fat, overweight crowd. <laughs> yeah, he does some great. Like I, I remember, just Dark Side of the Ring, where there's just like, someone asks Vince how to build heat, and he's just like, "Call them stinky and fat." <laughs> and that, and yeah. he's just like, "That's what he does." He's just like, "You're all fat." <laughs> and you're like, "Okay." Well, and it's funny because like he can't go after the sports teams because he's obviously from the same city. <laughs> yeah. so, like no, no one's traveling to get here. Yeah. Um, so they just have to go after the fat, yeah. um, and he calls them like white trash hillbillies and. It's like, who are you, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I just thought it was a funny promo. And then the lady grabs a mic, and I, I don't mean to call her the lady, but she isn't named in this whole thing. I no, think. I didn't know because there was another. Obviously, with Rick Blake, but I was like, that's not her. This is a different one. So I don't know what was what was going on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. Uh, she starts talking trash. I have written here, Gage's manager? Question mark. Uh, and then Lobo enters the ring, and because and Gage had sort of talked shit, he's like, I want to do this match here and there. And immediately upon entering the ring, he gets kicked, DDT'd, and he's just immobilized by a double beatdown from Gage and this woman. Uh, and then Justice Payne comes out, of course, to save the day, and cuts a promo saying that after Lobo's done, he's going to bring out the barbed wire and take it to Gage. Uh, so I guess setting up what's probably going to happen next month, I would imagine. Yeah. Then, of course, out of nowhere, because the scene can't end. This is just, like, the most overbooked, convoluted segment at this <laughs> yeah. point. Zandig returns to the ring, and he beat, starts beating Gage's ass, and then him, Lobo joins in. And security comes in to, at this point to break them all apart, and you see where this is going. Again, it's just a spot Zandig would book for Zandig, <laughs> where they're all holding him in one yeah. corner, and then he breaks out, and they yeah. all go flying. They do this two separate times <laughs> yeah. in this one beatdown. They need to get this over, that Zandig's so strong. And then so after this sloppy brawl, you see Zandig issues a threat and he leaves uh, as the ring announcer quietly does another, let's get a CZW chant going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the scene sort of fades out with like the crowd not getting into the CZW chant. Very nice purple suit, like Night at the Roxbury-esque purple suit. <laughs> Doesn't match the tone yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. um, and this is where I get excited. This is where this, shirt, this show really takes an uptick for any Kingpins fans. So, yeah, I know, we know you're all out there. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of you. I'm sure you got the shirts still. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the second match begins as we get the Beastie Boys, which brings out Price. Uh, the second guy still gassed from the Royal Rumble that just happened. Uh, and his opponent, Billy Baja, who gets his own actual entrance this time. And again, this guy's like straight out of the 80s, like uh, just an upbeat baby face. Looks like he's having fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, nothing really special about him, but he seems fun. He gets the crowd into it, which is a lot more than they can say for a lot of wrestlers on this show. Um, so the matchup, match begins. Price goes to the Old Faithful, the big chops. 
That's always going to get a, a reaction from a crowd and not take a lot of his energy. Um, Billy tries his comeback. He crotch chops to the crowd for some reason to, like, get them fired up. <laughs> like, it was a baby face crotch chopping to the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he gets a big applause, and then he's taken down from behind. Uh, then this is the scariest moment in yeah, CCW as far as the company's gone so far. Is uh, out of nowhere, Price just clumsily lifts him up, not in a powerbomb form, but, like, Farouk's dominator, sort of where he's got his back on his shoulder, and then he just throws him down onto his neck and shoulder. <laughs> yeah, it is like, I genuinely winced. Like, I screamed, I was, Yeah, I was I was like, this this guy's dead. Like, there's no way, because... It looks like when Sabu broke his neck. Like, he lands yeah, yeah, yeah. head first on the mat. It's like, so bad. He's so lucky he's able to walk around and get up from the... And Price is just tall enough where it's like, that's about how high I think you need to drop to break your neck. Yeah, there's no because he comes down with force. You can see that he like the camera catches him like just genuinely landing on his neck like head foot. It's it's so bad. Like I was so unsafe because like, it's so inexcusable. For yeah, these get, these the kingpins. We all know they've not had a rest like training day when it comes to wrestling in their life. They've mm. never trained to do wrestling. They were just like we're big guys. Um, maybe they own the bowling alley so they, they <laughs> yeah. can have drinks thereafter. So that's how they got in. But there's no way he should be attempting those sorts of moves. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's like in such a dead part of the match, like it wasn't for heat or anything. It was just pick him up, drop him on his head. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so then out of nowhere, Schaefer gets on the apron and he goes to clock Billy, but you guessed it, he hits Price. Uh, and then... Billy goes for the pin just off of this punch. It's such a bad pin as well. <laughs> I think Billy might have been just fucked up, you know? He yeah, might have I gotten injured. I think it ended early, personally, because, like, he lands on his neck, and then, yeah, there's that, and then they just they finish it, like, immediately, and they just, like, walks off. I'm it, just like... It's funny you say a bad pin, because it sort of did remind me of Steve Austin with the broken neck rolling up Owen Hart at SummerSlam. Yeah, it, it's, it, it wasn't quite, like, full broken neck, but you're like, this guy's easily concussed yeah and is just going to the end because he's like not really there all there so you're right this match ends uh at 250 and the referee does an insane fast count here for some reason i that's why i think it, it i think that's why they um that's why i think it finished early because I, th I think yeah the ref is just immediately like yeah let's just get it over and done with because yeah. like this guy needs medical attention <laughs> Senior referee Ron Hartog making the he tough knows. decisions. He knows, yeah. Ron Hartog knows what's going on. Yes, yeah. The CZW screw job, like, dude. I mean, to break your neck in WWE is one thing, where at least it's a massive company that might take care of you. Yeah, if this you is... broke your neck in the CZW arena, nineteen ninety nine. You yeah. are just fucked, man. Well, let's be fair. This is like breaking your neck in WWF nineteen ninety nine, where they <laughs> would just didn't give a shit. They were just like, but see you later, then, mate. <laughs> yeah, but that's fair <laughs> yeah. enough, actually. Uh, so that leads right to uh, our third match, which just is bizarre. Oh, so man. this is this is the heartbreaking part. This is this was tough. So, this was <laughs> afterwards. Schaefer gets in the ring and he hel uh, he helps console Price. He brings him to his feet, and then they hold up their arms together. And then I knew it was coming because they're so bad at telegraphing it. I didn't. But I mate. couldn't believe it when, as it was happening. I couldn't. I I could not. I didn't see it coming. I thought these. <laughs> I thought kingpins ride forever. Like uh, him. Yes. So Price turns and fucking clothesline Schaefer's head off. Oh no! The, the, the second time I winced, I was like, "No, mate, don't do this <laughs> to your brother." Thus ending the kingpins, which I I was sure they were going for a title shot next or something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, they're done. And then all of a sudden, like Price is just putting the boots on him, and then a bell rings. 
And you're like, wait, is Price is doing triple duty on this show? And a match begins with Price versus Schaefer. He, they, yeah, I can't believe, I don't know who made the decision that they were the guys who it should be, de- like this first half should be dedicated to because they are gone. They are, <laughs> yeah, so- this is the most labored match I've ever seen. Like, I've never seen a guy take like, half an hour to open up a table like a wrestling table <laughs> it, it's, it reminds for any ufc fans like when really sloppy heavyweights somehow get to like round three or round four and they don't have any even enough energy to knock the other guy out so they're sort of just sloppily like yeah swinging it's just so like these are bad wrestlers who are now dangerously tired yeah <laughs> um so yeah during the bright da- bright uh, beat down right at the beginning price just goes for a pin and the ref goes to count and then, yeah, we get this match no one asks for. Um, <laughs> Price throws someone out of their chair and then uses the chair to destroy uh, Schaefer's legs on the outside against the ring post, which, I, you know, like with a normal guy, that's a pretty easy thing to fake, but I'm sure he was just smashing Schaefer's legs yeah. with the chair as hard as he could. Um, they brawl into the crowd, and the camera guy really can't keep up with them. He's sort of struggling to get through the crowd. And then you hear the ring announcer's voice saying, uh, can the crowd please back up from the wrestlers? It's oh, like, yeah, yeah, Crowd yeah. control, please do your jobs. And then you see one of the crowd control guys look up at the sound guy. He's like, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, like, criticizing They're him. Just he's like, doing nothing. Yeah, the, you know, the announcer's just like, we will kick you out if you uh, touch the wrestlers. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who? Who's yeah. It's like, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm healthier show. than the wrestlers and crowd control. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the ref randomly begins a count out, which is another one of these moments of like, what are the rules? Like, I've never seen a count out in CZW yet, uh, but it does sort of encourage them to get back to the ring. Uh, and then just like you said, Price pulls out the table uh, just so slowly uh, for the biggest pop of the night so far. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the for the table. table. Yeah, I am the table. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it, and it's so labor, and you're just like, it's going to get stuck on the rope, and they're just trying their best to get it in there. They're really, <laughs> like, Chuckle Brothers-esque, just, like, fumbling it and all that. Can't lift it. Yeah. yeah. Um, at least the table can get dropped on its head, like Billy Bob. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Schaefer turns it around. He hits Price with a chair and then lays the chair on him and then hits this, like, second, lo- la- ah, second rope leg drop onto the chair on top of Price. Then he sets up the table lays Price out on it, and he lands this sort of decent elbow, putting Price through the table. Uh, and as it was decent. I was very surprised. It I was, was like, the most impressive thing I, <laughs> either guy did all night. I didn't know someone with that girth could float through the air quite like that. It was crazy. And then again, he's just lying on Price on the table, and Price's shoulders clearly aren't flat, but the ref just comes and counts a razor fast one, two, three. Yeah, those guys... Just overpriced twice in one night. Yeah, exactly. They need their heart meds immediately, so that's why it's like, get them out of the ring. (laughs) This match went nine minutes. (laughs) Yeah. It was was forever. That was like eight minutes of that was getting the table open, though, to be fair. (laughs) It was the longest night of wrestling for either of these guys. It was fucking crazy. Uh, And so ends the Kingpins as Price loses three times in one night. Uh, Lucky there aren't CZW rankings at this point (laughs) because that would have been bad for Price. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Smash cut to the next match and you get Quicksilver coming out with the cruiserweight belt that he had won last last month. Uh, And he comes out saying Rick Blade's whore cost him the world title on microphone. And then Blade comes out with Lady Blaze and, and I thought that was the match they were going to. But no, the security comes out and holds back Rick Blade and Blaze. Like, he was just talking shit in the ring. Yeah, it is very... Yeah, it was just like a segment. But because because obviously, like, segments 
happen backstage normally like but because this is at the ring you're just like oh so they're gonna f- oh no yeah no, okay <laughs> yeah it's like in the last thing you had a match no one asked for out of nowhere yeah and then when you think this is gonna happen it just doesn't it's yeah. just so bizarre uh so of course because the reason it couldn't happen is because they set up the rematch last month with quicksilver versus the sensational one which now the quicksilver is a heel sensational one comes out sort of as the baby face yeah even though he was a heel Again, like there's no fucking continuity. There's no consistency. <laughs> um, so sensational ones already in the ring. By the way, it's like he was just watching this pull apart. Right <laughs> yeah. No entrance to speak of. Uh, he runs in with a chair and tries to hit Quicksilver, and the first thing he does is bounces off the top rope and hits himself in the head. <laughs> it's like classic, like Kurt Angle, this idiot spot here. Uh, so then, as Quicksilver works over sensational one, out of nowhere, Lady Blaze comes out and cold cocks the referee from behind. Oh, yeah, the ref uh, ref does some good work, though, to be fair. <laughs> the ref he, he is like you hit him in the head with a brick. He just goes down flat. Uh, he's completely unconscious. And then Blade comes out, and the referee's sort of getting back to his feet, so he hits the referee in the head with a trash can lid. The whole time, both people are just ignoring Quicksilver, who's in the ring there. Yeah, and the ref does a sort of, like, comedy, like, puts his finger up, like, I'm counting myself out, and I'm like, good on, like, get Rick, take your time. Dude, the ref was fully getting his shit in here. Yeah, yeah. And then out of nowhere, sensational one, he's, like, the only guy standing in the ring, or Blade is sort of on the outside. This is all fucking, like, disorganized bullshit. And he pulls the referee to his feet and then hits a Stone Cold Stunner on him. And then the ref starts flopping around like the rock. (laughs) And this whole time, like, the match is just on pause as everyone just takes their turn hitting the referee. Um, So meanwhile, Blade sets up Quicksilver on a table and moonsaults him uh, through the table. And then right after that, he rolls out of the ring. And even though there's a broken table in the ring, Sensational One just puts a foot on Quicksilver as the ref comes to and counts one, two, three. Great timing from the ref there. He knew where his job was. <laughs> so this will be the hot potato title, I guess. And all of this was managed to happen in three minutes and 38 seconds. It, we got completely... <laughs> really puts into context how long that Pink Kingpin's match is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Literally almost three times as long <laughs> yeah. as this match. Unbelievable. And then another just smash cut to the next match. I, I wonder how many shows until we're going to start getting, like, backstage promos, things of that nature, you Qu- know? I'd say quite a few, because I, I think it's... Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I think it'll be a while, just because, you know, I think it's... We watched them in rapid succession, but I guess, you know, back in the day, there's a lot, you know, it was per month, right? And they were also running little shows in between and just like, mm-hmm. it was hard to get that sort of stuff, to be fair, like setting up those cameras and all that, all that sort of equipment was so expensive. This is why it's filmed on like a Sony Handycam, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. up until this point. Which I'm sure know. they broke the bank for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's rented. It was like some kid from film college or something was like, yeah, I'll do it for $20. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the next match, the ring inter introduces, uh, this was a genuine surprise for me, Reckless Youth. Uh, have you heard of Reckless Youth? The band, before? yeah. Oh, is uh, that the band? I think, yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure there's a band called Reckless Youth as well. That's but hilarious. no, I didn't, I, I haven't, I haven't heard of the wrestler now. So I specifically know this guy as the, like, like he was doing indie wrestling before indie wrestling was even like a scene, sort of. Like he helped, I don't know if he helped found Chikara, but he was like really important to Chikara early on. Uh, he's just known as like this uh, traveling sort of working indie wrestler who's never really signed to a, a major promotion. I'd never actually seen a match with him, I don't think. And it's funny that he's named Reckless Use because he seems like the most non-reckless like 40-year-old dude. <laughs> like he... Yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like there's a big band. I must have just heard 
the name. I must have heard because I've heard I mean, Reckless sounds, Youth before. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like such a band name. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's actually a wrestler. Yeah, and his his Wikipedia page has him wearing a Green Lantern shirt, so I'm already in. <laughs> He's trying to rip off the hurricane there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, he probably invented it, you know. But I think this was uh, like because this is Justice Pain versus Reckless Youth. I think this was Zandig sort of like trying to put CZW on the actual indie wrestling map. Uh, bringing in a big name to fight who he probably viewed as his top wrestler, which was yeah. Justice Payne at the time. Uh, and it almost seems like a separate thing. But Ring of Honor would do this sometimes too, where it's almost like a showcase match with one guy who's not usually there versus another guy. And I think it is a cool way to sort of expand your company. Uh, I don't know how many guys like today would know Reckless Youth, but I do think he was sort of a, a name back then. Yeah, so. yeah, I think, if, yeah, definitely. So interesting, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you we get this weird cut at... Payne's uh, at Payne's entrance as the uh, youth just baseball slides him to start the match. And he has control at first, but Payne hits a quick moonsault. The pace here is going, like, pretty decently, you know. Um, also, for some reason, Reckless Youth is with John Dahmer, I forgot to mention, uh, who's just sort of coming out with him. And John Dahmer is, like, I don't know, after seeing that fan just clown him, he's got no credibility at no. all. And he's dressed like, um, you know, in the film Dodgeball, where they get the wrong outfits. <laughs> he's, he like looks a bit like that. So, That's yeah, so I much better than anything you said last, last <laughs> yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, completely with the, the like leather. Like weird leather, yeah. Leather like, vest. This is not how a reverend should dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, very, very weird. Um, but yeah, so they do the classic thing where Dahmer's holding him in place and then Reckless Youth accidentally clotheslines Dahmer, which just seems like a spot they have to do anytime yeah. there's partners. Uh, and then they're actually like having a decent match. The, the the moves are looking okay. Again, just having a guy with basic training in here makes all the difference to what you're watching throughout the rest of the show, you know? I think because of what you've seen before as well, it just elevates yeah. what, when you see that wrestlers who, who are doing like decent quality sort of stuff, you're just like, holy moly, this <laughs> is wrestling. Yeah, like Reckless Youth is Daniel Bryan compared to Price of Kingpins, you know? Like <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. just a next level wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I have it written here. It feels like you know when you're at the open mic and then a pro comes in to try shit out. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, this guy's actually a comedian. Yeah, he can, <laughs> he can do crowd work. This guy, this guy knows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then Payne, he hits a really nice sling blade, which I don't remember like anyone really using that move back there, and then immediately misses a lion salt, but it actually looks decent. So Payne's like holding his own here too. I think. As a technical wrestler, he probably is a bit of cut above, above even Gage here at this point. I like the, the Sun Blade's one of my favorite moves, so I think it looks very cool. Mm. Uh, at one point, Reckless Youth tries to start, he has him in like a nerve hold and he starts a row your boat chant. Uh, and the, the fans start calling him a homo like really loud. Yeah. I didn't write it down last time, but I caught it this time, you know. I, I, the, it's out of nowhere as well. Like, I don't know how, why they, it's like. It's because he's singing a nursery rhyme. Like, that's it. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, it's really just this... Cra and then... They deserve to be called fat, that audience. Though, <laughs> but to be fair, the, the homo chant doesn't really get over, and then a bunch of them start chanting asshole. And, yeah. And the kids get into that one, so... I don't know, man. This is just really, like... you got to leave your morality at the door when it comes to a CZW <laughs> audience. Like, I always imagine how uncomfortable I'd feel in these actual crowds when you're just seeing, like, the people are trying to talk to you about their thoughts and beliefs, and you'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, I yeah, definitely. I mean, I know wrestling is like much much more progressive now than it was then. But yeah, like I would be the same. I'd just be like, let's just talk about wrestling, mate. I don't mm. want to talk about politics. I don't want to chant the word homo. I just want to shout at some wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, and I will. I will agree. Wrestling's more progressive, but I still wouldn't call it progressive compared to 
anything else in the world. Oh yeah, like, no, no. There's still the, there's still a large subsect that is like women on my wrestling show. Yeah, it's the worst. Um, so Reckless Youth admonishes the referee for his slow count. So the referee starts doing like a comically slow one where he like yawns in between the count and stuff. Again, Ron Hartog just getting Correct. his shit in. This is like an MC who's like, I'm just going to do a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, right after Justice Payne schoolboys him and the ref does a ridiculously fast two count, but Reckless Youth kicks out. Uh, the crowd starts a boring chant. Even though it's been the clear, like, best match on this card <laughs> so far. Uh, I guess there were one too many rest holds for them, and the match had gone a bit long, so they just turned on them. Uh, Reckless Youth has a big top rope frog splash. looked really impressive. Uh, they both get dumped outside, and then Payne sets a table up, like, in the audience, balanced on a chair. And one of those ones where he's just, the audience just has to move and clear like Moses with the red yeah, sea. Yeah, and I think the camera work... It, it, like when it when they're trying to catch stuff in the crowd is very rough because mm-hmm. it's just like there's obviously not a focal point of the ring so they're just it's all it's it's all it's like a found footage film it really of just like chaos all over the place and just, when he's trying not to get in the way either yeah because like, it's clear they're setting up a big spot and crowd members don't know where to go and shit so it must be just be super chaotic for yeah. the camera guy um so then at, at one point justice Payne lays him out on the table and goes to dive Reckless Youth rolls off it, so Payne just takes a flat back bump to a table on the outside. It's probably fucking brutal. Yeah. Uh, I'm also guessing they didn't saw these tables to make them easier to bump through, like you would later do years down the road. Yeah, I mean, Payne's similar to Gage, you know, I guess eventually just becomes, you know, taking, kind of getting into the fully into the brutal side of it. So I guess this is where it, you know, just taking that sort of stuff and just being like, yeah, let's keep going. Mm-hmm. And I mean, another than like the botch earlier, that was like the toughest, the most brutal bump yeah. on the show so far. Like just a flat flip onto a table. Uh, and then back in the ring, Reckless Youth hits a brain buster. And then instead of pin, he puts him in this neck crank choke. And Justice Payne, instead of tapping, passes out for the win at 15 minutes 30. Very strange choice, I thought, unless they're going to bring Reckless Youth in as like a regular act to have him beat your sort of top guy. Also makes me wonder if he only agreed to do the job if he could win. I think it would be that one more than anything. Because, like, yeah, he is a known name, and I don't think CZW is rocking a lot of cash. So I think yeah. they would have been like, you can beat our best guy, you know, we'll give you above average pay and things like that. Like, I don't know if they could afford to have him keep coming back. But we'll see, guys, we'll see. <laughs> well, and also, like, Justice Payne, I, I know he goes on to look a lot more impressive, and he puts on a lot of mass. At this point, he does just sort of look like a kid, like a teenage mm teenager at like a punk festival or something like he's really nothing special looking and not that's not to say reckless youth is but reckless youth at least had like a background and he had like a following of some sort um so afterwards youth puts over justice Payne in the ring and he says hey you earned my respect and you have a bright future <laughs> and the crowd yeah. starts chanting czw yeah it's like a hulk hogan cartoon like at the end of one of those and like floats off to his old planet to his mm. own planet it's just the, the classic putting the guy over before he leaves forever type of thing um, so then we cut, and then out comes Rick Blade and Lady Blaze again. I feel like I'm just saying his name over and over at this point. It's like the fatigue you get from seeing these people a third, sometimes fourth time in some cases. I'm like, guys, do we really need to bring them well, out for I'm, that like pull apart in the third match? Yeah, and I'm I genuinely worry for these guys' health coming out like three or four times. I'm like, there's no way they have the stamina for one match, yet mm-hmm. alone three. Like, yeah, Rick Blade com- comes out um, just a lot of free time. Probably just recently divorced and <laughs> putting all putting all his energy into wrestling at this point. Yeah, yeah, he was having an affair with Lady Blaze, and now, <laughs> yeah. now they're just here. Um, so it's Rick Blade versus Mr. Meaner versus Mr. Arrogance, which is actually the guy, I forgot to go back and write his name in the Royal Rumble, whose name I didn't get. 
Uh, just a sort of, un, again, unassuming dude. I really don't have much to say about him. Uh, he he worked okay, but it was like, that's compared to Rick Blade and Mr. Meaner, who were both pretty poor. <laughs> um, and they do, they sort of do, like, again, it's guys who, I wouldn't be surprised if any of these guys have never had a triple threat match. So there'll be two of the guys in the ring wrestling while the other guy rests outside. And then he comes in and knocks one out and the guys wrestle. It's sort of your most basic bare bones triple threat you could imagine. Yeah. Mm. And then someone comes across on that in the uh, the house microphone talking and then maybe like to the point where I think it might be an audience member who just grabbed a microphone or whatever because he sounds drunk and incoherent and then suddenly the mic the tape just cuts in the middle of the match and someone else is in the ring doing a different move to Rick Blade. So <laughs> yes, yeah, very. It's like they cut a chunk of this match and without explanation. Yeah, very odd. I, it, it, yeah. I'm sure some drunk guy just shouted out ex- obscenities, obscenities yeah. and shit like that. But the crowd didn't join in, so it didn't become a chant, which is okay. It was just <laughs> one drunk dude yelling homo. Yeah, yeah, when it's one guy that can't get the rest of the <laughs> yeah, crowd, yeah. even, even CZW audience offensive. are like, this guy's a douche. <laughs> yeah. uh, so shortly after this, Blade hits an X-Factor, a la X-Pac, uh, to pin and eliminate Mr. Meaner. But again, uh, you don't know the match is going to continue until this happens. Mr. Meaner is just simply eliminated as Mr. Arrogance continues to fight Rick Blade. Uh, the tape just keeps periodically cutting. I don't know why at this point. Maybe they just decide to edit the match to make it look better. Yeah. In the yeah. worst way possible. Uh, and then out of nowhere, you can't see Quicksilver, but you can hear him next to the camera saying, this bitch is coming home with me. And then <laughs> he has Lady Blaze over his shoulder, and he's just leaving the arena with yeah, her. Yeah, very odd. And by the way, any woman on this show is going to be called a bitch or a whore. It's just like, you can tell. That's just yeah. the vocabulary. That's the vibe. It's yeah. CZW. And I mean, that does, if you look at where women's wrestling was in 1999, it is about as grim and as bleak as it gets. So I can't really blame them specifically when that's the industry standard. But it is also just gross in yeah. 2023 to be like, like at least give them fucking names and whatever like it really is just a, a bit much you know um so as he puts lady blaze over his shoulder to leave blade chases him up the ramp and of course this is when the ref decides he's going to do a count out call uh and yeah. so rick blade is randomly counted out and mr arrogance wins uh <laughs> by count out at 6:44 that is very odd cuz like the count out is very non-committal and it's just sort of like i guess i'm going to i don't know if i can't remember if he does but he's just like you need to count him it's like is i didn't know if it was like part of the show or like was like maybe genuinely she has been kidnapped cuz he's <laughs> like is this supposed to be counted out this is very odd well and now two months in a row mr like uh, rick blade is just uh, lost he's he's clearly a guy they're like trying to build up to in some form or fashion and instead, he's losing to Mr. Arrogance, who gets nothing from this win. He just is a guy in the ring. Like, he's just a warm body. Uh, this was all terrible. I have written here, awful, confusing match. And then afterwards, Quicksilver and uh, Rick Blade keep brawling until the refs pull them apart. Obviously, this feud continues. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what the next part of this feud. It's going to be a big one. All right, and then finally, the CZW World Heavyweight Title Staple Gun Ladder Match. Not stable gun on a pole because it's held above much like a title belt would be. Which is hilarious because this is for a title belt, but we're not going to hang the belt. We're going <laughs> to we're yeah, gonna hang a staple gun. It, it's very odd as well because the camera, it's obviously not great resolution. So I'm just like, where's the state? Where is the state? Like, where, <laughs> yeah, they, is, where they, is it? <laughs> they don't do the classic shot of just focusing on the staple <laughs> no, gun itself. Like, what, where is it? <laughs> yeah, they never really focus on it. So you just have to believe that it's up <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> I promise you guys, I swear. And then Lobo, who I completely forgot until he comes out with the belt, is the current Iron Man champion. 
Uh, this just isn't for his belt. I don't know why. Like, it's just, I don't know, just sloppy planning. Yeah. Why Why would you put your one of your three champions in the match with the, with the world champion? Uh, and, of course, Gage says, I don't even want your this to be for your fucking belt. So they're just completely bastardizing their own belt yeah yeah um but it's all about the world title here Uh, and so of course nick starts with another promo using rough language on the audience uh the six letter f word comes out here by gage which i was i guess not surprised by but Mm. also like you know come on yeah (laughs) yeah yeah you can tell he's probably just yelling at some dude with his kid who's like i'm not gonna fight you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and to be fair with gage like he would fight anyone in the crowd if they spoke back as well. So you're just like, okay, yeah, I am an F word. Like, okay, just leave <laughs> yeah, me whatever alone. you want, champ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then at one point, his manager starts drawing with the crowd, and someone's yelling something at her, and he's, she's like, just remember, you paid to see this fat ass. And I'm like, I didn't know you were on the card. <laughs> I still don't know your name. <laughs> uh, so then Lobo enters with his bodyguard. It looks a lot like a knockoff uh, Scott Steiner, if you will, like a wishless Scott yeah, Steiner. Yeah, yeah, I know he's what you mean. Named Sledge. Which I think is a Good great name, name for yeah. a bodyguard. Yeah, it might as well be a kingpin. Um, and then the outside lady <laughs> hits Lobo. So, of course, Lobo, this is the classic 90s spot, grabs the lady and kisses her against her will. If you ever want to, like, uh, give a lady some what for in the 90s, just, you just kiss him. force a kiss on them. It's yeah. so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I remember Goldust would do this up until, like, even a few years ago. And he did it once, and everyone's like, dude, that's not, you don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then as this is happening, Gage just flips from the top rope right onto Lobo. He would do this about three times in the match, where Lobo's forced to Kate catch all of his weight and then just take a back head bump yeah it's very much in the crowd as well this match like mm-hmm. it's chaotic to say the least yeah he f- just flings lobo into a pile of chairs like yeah. in a very dangerous looking way he hits him in the head with a chair uh lobo gets the gets the control back when gage misses a top rope frog splash which again you could tell he was sort of bracing himself for but then once again lobo takes control and he goes and grabs a ladder from the outside uh, Gage does a classic Terry Funk here where he takes the ladder and suplexes the ladder onto Lobo, which I always thought is a very fun, cool spot. Yeah. And you can tell Lobo, uh, he's one of these guys who's a glutton for punishment. Like, he's taking, uh, he's taking more abuse in this match than probably anyone else on the card in the first few minutes, and he's I just getting the shit kicked out of him. Both of them are, to be fair. Like, both of them, yeah, because they're both trying... There's a lot of dangerous stuff in this match, I'd say, like, just... But the danger comes through the sloppiness. Yeah, yeah, like, like climbing up quite high and, like, jumping up, like, things that shouldn't be jumped off mm-hmm. and yeah, stuff like the that. the flimsiest ladder. Yeah. You know when they don't even have the two-sided ladder? Like, one side is just the one big <laughs> Yeah, yeah. it's an actual ladder <laughs> yeah. meant for, like, climbing. <laughs> Not meant for fucking dumb pro wrestling matches. Um, so, yeah, you can tell Lobo... I mean, he's a small guy, too, and he's just taking, like, tons of abuse in here. Um, Sledge tosses Lobo a cheese grater, uh, and then he grates Gage with the cheese thing. And then Gage goes deep in his pocket and grabs a blade, like as he's down selling. And you can see as he's falling over from being grated, he pulls a blade <laughs> out in front of the like hard cam and just cuts his own forehead, like as blade. It's an intimidation tactic. Like, it's, why do I want to mess with this guy, dude? That that would have been a better story <laughs> yeah. than just this cheese grater cut him. Because it's not even like a grated cheese cut. It's like one long cut yeah. across his forehead. Uh, it's so stupid. Uh, Gage does another wobbly dive. 
It's like, you know, when a really good luchador bounces off the second rope into a flip-off? Yeah. Gage did the slowest, like, wobbliest version of that. <laughs> yeah. Where, again, Lobo just has to catch all this guy's weight. No wrestler in CZW is confident climbing those ropes. Like, it is <laughs> always just like, whoo, Yeah, you, you're probably relying on an equally untrained ring yeah. crew to keep this thing together. Um, and then they head towards the <laughs> stage area that we saw last month where you could tell, like, as soon as they walk into the building, everyone wants to get up there. But this time you can see them because they've got a fucking spotlight, which yeah. is a nice... If you're going to do a really dangerous, reckless dive off a set, you, you should at least have a spotlight on you. It's yeah, good... beaming into your eyes so you can't see anything. Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, and then that causes Gage... I don't even know how he lost the advantage here, but he just gets flipped off through, like the table that they were clearly selling pizzas from <laughs> so there were like pizza boxes fucking <laughs> yeah. everywhere and it made the whole thing look so silly it was like a ps2 like wrestling game of just yeah you're just picking up stuff and and there's just garbage everywhere <laughs> yeah i was almost waiting for like the mick foley spot where he dumps a thing of popcorn on him and <laughs> the other guy like sells it um so then his manager lady shows up and starts telling gage to get up and right away like he's going get up lobo's in the ring and then all of a sudden, Lobo grabs a microphone, starts speaking for the first time. Uh, and he sounds sort of exactly what you would think if you saw him. Uh, it's like a guttural, like, trashed smoker's voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he calls Gage a piece of fucking shit. Uh, and then goes and hits Gage with a garbage can as soon as he gets in the ring. And then a road sign. And Gage does the classic Ric Flair flop. You can always tell Gage's inspirations in his matches because he's just stealing shit from yeah, the, yeah. the wrestlers that he likes. Uh, Gage takes control at one point, he hits a decent tiger driver, and then starts smoking him with kendo stick shots. Uh, Lobo gets the heat back with a low blow, and then begins climbing to nowhere. This is another wrestling trope I love, where they're setting up a big spot, so Lobo's gonna pretend that he's going for the staple gun, but he's got the ladder nowhere near the middle of the ring. Yeah, it's... It needs to be near enough to the edge of the ring for him to take this giant bump. I don't know what I prefer, like that, or where like they're climbing the ladder so slowly, oh, where they're just is... sort of like one step, one foot on the step, and then the other foot on the like they're taking it. It's like, come on, bro! <laughs> like <laughs> no one's buying. Yeah, this. Um, yeah. So of course it leads to get. I didn't actually see this coming because it looks so dangerous. Because it was a full size ladder. Like, yeah. It was at the top of this full size ladder, and Gage just comes and puts all of his weight into it, knocks it over. Lobo flies off through, I think, a table. On the side, thank Christ, because it wouldn't have put me by them to just have them splat onto concrete like a bug. Well, I think there was a couple of times where that happened, though. People were just thrown onto the concrete floor, and I was just like, that's not healthy. That's like this, yeah, 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 just really bad. And I don't, to be fair, I don't think that ring would have been, I mean, I know ring mats aren't soft or anything, but I think it would have been an extra hard ring mat as well when you're being chucked mm. about. So, yeah, very. Well, the ring mat's just there to absorb enough that you don't crack a bone or fucking chip your elbow yeah. or whatever. Like, it really, it, it like, it's silly not to have it, but that's hardcore wrestling for you. <laughs> yeah. um, and so after this, Gage climbs up the ladder. He retrieves the staple gun and then doesn't really use it. Like, no, yeah, very odd. I the, thought he was going to go full in. but The whole match leads up to him getting it and he doesn't, like, use it on him right away. Uh, and then finally Sledge gets involved. But then out of, out of nowhere, Lobo accidentally hits Sledge with the chair, which is the fourth or fifth time they've done this in the card. You can see it coming a mile away. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then in ring, Lobo suplexes Gage onto two chairs sort of facing each other. And fans start throwing garbage in. And then this is, again, on the God mic where they say, anyone throwing garbage into the ring will be ejected immediately. And yeah. Like, All right, who's ejecting these guys? Now, out of nowhere, we go to Sledge on the outside. And he's like handcuffed to the bottom turnbuckle. 
Yeah. And I didn't see... No one introduced the handcuffs. I didn't see who handcuffed them. I presume it would have been the lady. The lady, yeah, because she's beating the shit out of him. And then inside, you can hear the referee ask the camera guy, because he's talking to a camera, saying, hey, can you find the staple gun? <laughs> clearly, someone's misplaced the yeah. staple gun, and they're trying to go to can't, the finish. Can't leave it with this crowd, because that's going to be <laughs> chaos. So they can't find it. And then finally, they do find it. And the first guy to use it, Lobo, just starts stapling up Nick Gage. Uh, brutal and then Justice Payne shows up and he's looks like he's gonna help Lobo and they it's the most transparent of all the transparent turns on this show so far where he sets up Lobo right in front of him to face Gage and then knocks him from behind who could see it coming he turns on Lobo then he puts a ladder on Lobo and this is one of these brutal spots it doesn't even make sense to me he lays the ladder on Lobo and then Swanton bombs the ladder which would just fucking kill your back. Yeah, it wouldn't... It, you, yeah, it would be Way bad for worse. both of you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so after that, Gage doesn't even hit a move. He pins Lobo right after to retain his title. I, I for, didn't write the time down. Christ. Well, check cagematch.net. It was at least like 20 minutes. This, this was a long, long match. match. A few long ones in this this card, to be fair. Yeah, and I kind of get it for Royal Rumble because thingy, but with this, it just, was, just feels drawn out, especially when you can't tell what's going on. So mm-hmm. things would just... You'd just be like, what is what has happened in the past and people 20 minutes? keep running in. And yeah. It's just random shit keeps happening. And so that's when after the match, the Justice Payne and Gage are beating down Lobo when Zandig hits the ring, helps Lobo clear the ring, uh, and then all of a sudden some third guy comes out. <laughs> this is this I didn't understand at all. It might have been Justice Payne, actually. I, I was sort of getting confused. Uh, so he challenges Lobo, Zandig, and Sledge to a six-way barbed wire match next month against Justice Payne, Gage, and I'm assuming they're either going to find a partner or I just missed something here. Kingpin. Or, or, or maybe the woman. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Intergender. Progressive. Like, uh, there you go. It wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Um, and then that is the end of the match. The show devolves into a brawl, and we go off the air this way, uh, and that is the end of CZW, the staple gun. Uh, so what do you what did you say about this show overall? Your overall rating out of seven here, Ben. <clears throat> I think uh, I gave last well, like one point seven five, like better than last week for sure, <laughs> but still not enough to earn that the full the full star. Like I want to use because we're at sh- like show two. I want to give myself breathing room. I don't want to be like, well, this was a five because then then there's nowhere to go. Totally. But, but yeah, like a one point seven five, like Royal Rumble, genuinely like entertaining kingpins. Not entertaining, but obviously so heartbreaking storytelling and things <laughs> like that. Like you know, you really feel it, feel for the guys. But yeah, better than than last week for sure, and better sort of production values and 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 whatnot. So the only way is up, in my opinion. I have a very similar. Last week I gave it a one. Uh, this week I'm going a one point five, uh, which is literally by definition marginally better. <laughs> <laughs> the two two matches on this card verged on passable and the Royal Rumble was fun in spite of how awful it was. Still clearly a long way to go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Would, would be my summary of this one. Yeah, but uh, I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoyed it. I think that was, it, it's a good sign that it's increasing and if it had been worse then maybe it would have been like, maybe we made a mistake with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, on top of that, I do love that as bad as this is, they are building shit. We are, yeah. we are beginning to know the roster. Uh, I, I thought the whole Kingpins thing was so much fun just based on our reaction last week. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe Yeah, Yeah, that it was crazy. So just knowing that this has all the potential in the world to get going. And then next week's a barbed wire six-way, which is going to be fun. But then I saw the week after from the little 
uh, Thumbprint is their first outside show. Oh, uh, that'll be good. Which I find very exciting. So lots of fun things coming up uh, with the comics and the combat zone. Uh, and thanks for listening. We'll be back at you next week with Barbed Wire Madness. Ooh. Oh, see you then, everybody.